you get to watch any of uh, Serenons? Um, just the highlights, because unfortunately it was on at 2 a.m. Serenons. On Serena, I think they were. On Serena? Or on, on Serena. On Serena. On Serena. I've seen it spelled as without the first E in Serena. On Serena. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw it spelled that way on another podcast. One of our competitors spelled it. On Serena. Yeah. And I, I prefer the Serenons. Serenons. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a like a cyborg alien comes to destroy our planet. Serenons. Yeah, it's like the Cylons. The Serenons. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Um, but what was great about like I really enjoyed watching them together and you know I'm not like a Serena fan. Um, it was a shame that they withdrew. They had to withdrew, withdraw from the doubles. Uh, and, I, and you would assume it would be Serena with the injury problems, but it was on. It was on. And even though she wasn't playing singles either, she slipped on the grass. Ah, oh, did she? Yeah, she I hurt me a little bit. You could see her grab at it. It was right at the end of the match. And wow. uh, I, I suspect slash hope that it's just like one of these precautionary things. Like, ah, oh, I tweaked something. Probably better to just give it a few extra days. I'm sure Serena felt like she could use the rest as well. But yeah, I just found them delightful as a pairing. And you were saying how much pressure there is on yourself when you're playing singles, Matt. And it's like, you could just, there's just more joy in the proceedings, especially for these singles players who, you know, are really not, they're not playing doubles to, you know, as like their career path, you know, takes the pressure off and they can have a little bit more fun out there just to enjoy the game. I think it's great. Yeah, it's fun to watch. When singles players are playing doubles and it's um, lighthearted, especially with Serena coming back, she's just playing for the joy of it and the respect that she has for Ons and the adoration that Ons has for Serena. Yeah, it was apparently Serena has not had that many different doubles partners over the years. I think she's only had five other than Venus. And, wow. uh, you can tell that Ons is just like over the moon and also a little like freaked out maybe that, that Serena would choose her. You know, like it's just like, why me? You know, like I think Ons doesn't totally believe in himself yet, you know, and it's endearing. Right. Yeah. Are you with us, Al? Yeah, I'm here. I'm good. All right. Good morning. Morning. Bloody done my 10,000 steps. You've done 10,000 steps already. Hey, up and about with early in the mornings. All right. Nice. Are you like one of those dads with like who goes running with a stroller? Uh, not running, just walking for ages and ages to make him sleep. But I, I would like to do that. This feels like it would be too awkward to run with it. Yeah. I'm always shocked when I see people running with their babies. I mean, I guess I might be that weirdo if I had a baby. Machine does it sometimes. I don't know how she does it, but she does it. It just comes back just gassed and sweaty and has like gone full pelt for ages and with, with Ernie. Wow, okay. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Feels weird to me to not like be able to move your arms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you do that on a treadmill, but 
you you don't hold on with a treadmill do you still i i don't personally when i run on a treadmill but you know you can't like far is there sometimes like when you know you're just kind of getting started you like for practice yeah you could practice for having a baby yeah (laughs) (laughs) you would need a special parameter like to get to be really competitive in the baby pushing olympics you would need a um <laughs> like a super pram with like special wheels yeah would it be the the three wheel one like the tricycle kind of formation pram is that the best one for pushing fast i don't know yeah maybe i just i just think it's the pushing it like, i don't know how you yeah i think it probably needs heaps of suspension mm. yeah lightweight um you know, like like carbon steel frame, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think three wheels make sense. It depends if you're like if it's a road race versus a trail race. You know, um, on the trail you need some tread. Yeah. And the baby would need to be quite well strapped in because the bumps and stuff. Yeah, especially if you're you know running like you know four minute kilometers or something with a baby. <laughs> Maybe might need some goggles too, because all the wind rushing past. Oh yeah. So just put some goggles on the front of the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a flight. It's like a flight situation. You know, they're like Snoopy in the airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a co-pilot in one of those like 1940s. Yeah, like a Snoopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about providing snacks and playtime to the babies? Like you might need to have some toys to like. Like dangle the little like mo- mobiles on for the baby and like feed a little um, fruit bar. Camel pack of milk, breast milk. Camel pack, yeah. <laughs> or if you had breasts, maybe you could <laughs> breastfeed whilst pushing. Well, it could be um, you know instead of like the uh, the water station where when you're running a race and there's all the people with the little cups and. You grab the cup of water and you try to drink it and it just goes all over yourself. It's like uh <laughs> It's like <No>. a <laughs> It's a breath is a breast station. <laughs> oh yeah, a wet they just nurse. Squirt you as you can get past. <laughs> yeah, a wet nurse station. A wet That's a wet right. nurse could run along with you for a yes. little part of the race. <laughs> <laughs> We've invented a new sport. <laughs> Well, a new competitive sport. I don't know if they have races for uh, the baby trams, but it's, uh, it's a world for you to discover, Al. Um, I look look forward to your report. Yeah, no, it was good. I helped some kids fix their bike chain. I was in full dad mode this morning. In, wow. In and out there. <laughs> you can do everything. Love it. I just I didn't have anything to wipe my hands, so I was like, I'm not going to do this. because like don't want to get my hands dirty but i'll show you how to do it (laughs) (laughs) it's good good so i I was showing matt earlier that i've got you know i've got a like green cardstock wimbledon draw printed out here yeah yeah i went to i went to the office depot today love that Spent like 30 minutes looking at cardstock trying to pick, pick the exact correct one. So good. <laughs> um, but I haven't completed filling out my draw. Actually, this time I decided that I would do some research because I really want to beat Molly. We like tied last time in the women's. Um, 
draw competition. So um, I figured I'd look up the players and kind of see what kind of form they're in, especially with like the qualifiers <laughs> and wild cards and everything. You know, it's it's interesting because you, you like when you go deep and try to figure out like who those players are that you know, like maybe you've heard their name or you don't know them at all. How frequently they have no form. You know, like especially wild cards. Like wild cards, it's like, oh, there's a 28-year-old British man ranked 283rd in the world, and he just gets to play. And uh, he lost yeah. in the first round of a challenger two months ago. And I guess I'm not going to pick grass him. Is, grass is the hardest one to pick form, I reckon, of all the services because it's so short and it's uh, they they just. The grass specialists don't really have any time to shine. Like the clay specialists, you know who they are. Every every clay season, they come out and yeah. they start dominating, winning some top titles. But the grass season is so short that even those grass specialists, among them, they don't get a chance to win much because there's not many tournaments. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty hard to work out who's who. Jack Draper is having a great little grass run. Yes. He lost to uh, Lord Peniston, however. I don't know why I just called him Lord. No, I think he beat Pennis. They they beat each other. They both they faced up twice, I think, in the uh, past. Yeah. 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 But uh, so what have you come up with in your research to beat Molly? Oh, um, well, I just, you know, I know Molly's method of uh, draw selection is basically if I've heard of somebody um, or like them, I pick them. Um, and usually she's like our picks are so close to identical because most of what she hears from tennis she learns from me. I mean, she watches herself and has her own opinions. But um, yeah, I just have decided to try and get into the form. But you, you're exactly right, Al. It's like impossible to know form. There's only what like three weeks of tennis leading in, and a lot of players don't even play. Like uh, you know, Alcaraz is an interesting example. Like he's played two mm. matches on grass in his life professionally um it's like but you kind of it's hard to pick against him like going to the quarters <laughs> yeah like mm. um but it's hard to know also because sometimes these guys like Pass is a classic example he just he's been kind of terrible on grass he did just win a title today uh beating batista agut in uh mm. in majorca which is you know good to see it felt like oh he's actually kind of learning how to navigate the the surface you know yeah right but uh yeah it's it's tricky and then also the draws feel even more open than usual because of the russians and belarusians not being present mm. yeah and the lack of points means even a few more players have decided to skip oh yeah that's interesting i do you know who skipped as a result of that um osaka well, you know, she's blaming it on injury. Everyone who pulls out because of the prize money or, or because of the points is blaming it on injury. Basically. So it's hard to know, you know, because I think you can't really just, I think you're not allowed to just not go to some of these tournaments, right? Like the slams and some of the masters, I don't think you can just choose to not go. I think if you are in the, like, I think if you qualify in the rank, you sort of like have to make, make pretend that it's injury that keeps you out. You can't just say, no, nah. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I, I, I think know. that's a thing for the masters, but I, I'm not sure what the penalty is. I think the penalty would have to be points. So, um, mm. but yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. It seems like it's like, yeah, it's like the older players, the Federer's and Djokovic's and the dolls, they, they might opt out of a masters and nobody really 
bats an eye, but I think there is some kind of, if you've been around for a while, then you can pick and choose. But when you're a younger player that hasn't played as many matches, yeah, there's like a mandatory number of tournaments, including the big ones that you must yeah. do. Otherwise you get penalized with ranking points. Yeah. Cause they take, they have to take a certain number of the best tournaments of the year. Yeah. So everyone just says, oh, my foot. Right. But so that's more, um, that's happening more with Wimbledon because yeah, it may be a little bit of an injury, but you would have normally played Wimbledon, but this year there's not as much point to play Wimbledon. So your, your hand is kind of forced. Like that's what I reckon is happening in the case of Osaka. Yeah. Yeah. There's still prize money, but for Osaka, it's like a rounding error, you know, like (laughs) she's got enough, (laughs) enough cash and her form hasn't been good. So. Um, I'm not too surprised there. I don't know who else has opted out. Yeah, I don't know who else. The, the money alone would, would be motivation just to show yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to get into the first round. That's why I feel really sorry. Some of these um, players that have lost in five sets in the third round of qualifying, just missing out on a huge payday in the first round. Yeah, and it's it's even like, I feel like it's sort of, doubly awful because you have all these like clay court players who have inflated rate rankings and are the ones who are basically just showing up at Wimbledon and cashing the check. Like a lot of them are not competitive on grass and you know, it just, yeah, I can't believe they still play five sets in the qualifying at Wimbledon. That's, that's pretty great actually. Only for the third round of qualifying. Ah, okay. I didn't realize that. It used to be all the rounds, but yeah. Well, they're talking about the clay quarters that just rock up and take the paycheck. That's why they used to have the grass, grass weighted proceedings or whatever, right? But they've ditched that. So now it's just as is. Yeah. However, I did hear that they are talking about um, adding a master's level event on grass. That This was oh. something that came up a couple of weeks back on, I think I heard about it from the tennis podcast. Apparently there's an effort to like, and I don't like this as much to standardize all the masters events. So they're all two weekers. Yeah. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I, I don't really love the way the, you know, Indian Wells and Miami two week events work because the first week is sort of like this sort it's almost like long qualifying, mm. you know, all the top seeds have a buy in the first round. So you don't even really get to interesting matches until the middle weekend. And it just eats into the calendar in this way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just, I just like that there's difference, you know, that's always been something I've enjoyed about the sport and it's like, increasingly they're trying to like make everything the same, you know? And, uh, yeah, I hear that that's talking about making some of the like Monte Carlo, um, WTA as well, which is great. It seems crazy that it's not WTA tournament also. So that'd yeah. be good. Yeah. That's a good move for sure. But yeah, the masters on, on grass will be great as long as that means they extend the season by a week or two rather than take over a tournament that's already there. Cause it's already too short. So as long as they extend the grass season to fit it in rather than just knock off one of the 250s that's there, I think that would be good. 
Yeah, there's an interesting political decision looming potentially. You know, you have these, I guess, the two grass court events, um, Halle and uh, what is it? Queens are like the, the two 500s for the man. So those are the big prestige events. But like, are you going to give a thousand to another thousand to the UK? Like that doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem right. So it feels like they should introduce one. And yeah, I totally agree. They just should stretch out the season by a couple mm-hmm. weeks so that we get a feel for I've really been enjoying watching the grass this year. It's yeah, just, I've been watching it more than usual, I think. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Just, a, it. just the feel that I love. I mean, the contrast from clay to grass, it's like, I feel like I'm starting to to get a sense for it better. And, you know, obviously there's an aesthetic thing, the sound of the scuffling, like kind of giving way to this much more peaceful, quieter mm. um, vibe. But but yeah, just the, the flow of play and, uh, you know, I don't know the the way like attacking tennis is is rewarded. That's kind of the thing I was observing with Tsitsipas because it feels like this dude should just be attacking the net like Federer, and he's like still trying to play like clay, you know, hitting these looping forehands from the baseline and everything. And it's like, but when he comes in, it changes everything. So just getting a little bit more of that net play and you know faster matches, it's nice. All right, and um, Tsitsipas just won Mallorca, didn't he? So that's a, he's a, like a good player on grass who, who I reckon is in with a shot at Wimbledon. And, you know, I reckon Kyrgios, you know, we know he loves grass and hates clay. He's made two semifinals in a row. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they're potentially headed for a third round clash. Kyrgios ah, and Tsitsipas. True. Yeah. So Tsitsipas is, I think, lost in the first round two years in a row. He lost to TFO last year, but he has a, Bit of a more comfortable draw playing somebody named Alexander Richard from Switzerland and then probably Jordan Thompson. Um, but <laughs> Kyrgios, it, it could be Kyrgios, Batista Gude, or Shepovalov in the fourth. Like it starts to get tougher. And then he would run into mm. Berrettini, I think, who's got a pretty, uh-huh. pretty sweet draw and uh, has, I guess he hasn't, he hasn't lost on grass this year, right? He won two titles and he's kicking his feet up. I think Berrettini's going to win. You think he's going to win the title? Yeah. 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 He's just so good on grass. I would not be shocked. Yeah. yeah. I think he's incredible on grass and I think he's got all the attributes. I think he's definitely going to win Wimbledon. I just don't know if he's going to beat Djokovic this year. Mm. Yeah. Nadal has a super easy draw. I mean, um, again. Yeah, really? Does he? I think so. I mean, I, you know, he could face Chilich or Fritz or Felix to get to a semi against Berrettini, but really nothing, uh, nothing that'll threaten him in the early rounds. Oh yeah. He's got Query or Barankas in the second round. Yeah. Sonigo or Paparin or Kudler or Gaston in the third. In the third. I don't know. That's the way it goes for the top guys a lot. Luciano Lopez and Van der Zandstrul first round is a real, that's a real grass court classic waiting to happen. I reckon. Yeah, I'm curious about that one. I picked uh, Feliciano. I was, you know, it's always with him. I'm like, is he even, has he been playing? Like, you know, he's getting old. He doesn't play as much, but on grass, he has had some decent results lately. So, yeah. yeah. And he is handsome. He... Yes. <laughs> it's too bad he still isn't, he isn't wearing LS anymore. That was, that was my favorite Feliciano. My my Deliciano of choice. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, he's been playing a bit and losing. I've been watching the old guys falling off and I think he's like probably going to retire soon based on his results. He's had like a late career resurgence. Didn't he win? He won something. He won a grass court tournament last year or the year before. He won the double in Queens. I think that might've been two years ago. He, right, he, he played doubles with Andy Murray in one and then won yeah. the singles as well. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think he's going to retire soon. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like he's losing in the first round at the moment. Like I think, you know, his results have been encouraging. Let's put it that way. Well, he lost a talent Greek sport at Mallorca, 7-6, 7-6. Okay. At Queens, he lost to Rusevori in the third, 7-6. You know, so he's he's right there. Okay, great. But yeah, maybe not that encouraging. <laughs> lost to Benjamin Bonsai uh, at Stuttgart. Benjamin Bonz, Bonz, Bonsai? Bonzi? Bonsai. Bonsai. Let's go with Bonsai. <laughs> There's some surprising players seated like that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, the, the Russians not being there really spread the seeds way further down. Yep. Like uh, Oscar Atta uh, is the last <laughs> men's seed at 32. That's a dangerous. Where's he? He's good on grass. He is good. He could play Alcaraz in the third. And in fact, I haven't picked that one yet because that's that's the one where I'm just like, I just don't know. Like, is is Alcaraz so good? We should just assume that he's going to beat everybody. Or I think, I think Otto wins that one. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty bold. So yeah, Alcaraz has Struff in the first round, and if this was like Struff from two years ago, I would have definitely picked Struff. He was dangerous on grass mm. not that long yeah. ago, but I yeah. don't think he's the I mean, same he had guy. A good, good run at Halle. Whenever the year you're talking about, I think. Um, another first round that is very, a really rough first round is Felix and Maxine Cressy. <laughs> Cressy's winning that. You think so? I, I definitely, oh, yeah. I felt like that is a big danger match for Felix and like definitely could go five sets. I feel like Felix starts these slams slow. He's vulnerable in early rounds. He hasn't really shown that he can just kind of break out of the gate strong. I think once he gets that momentum, he'll be good. But I'm taking Felix in that match. And you're not getting momentum. You're not getting momentum against Cressy. First round, and it's just every every single point. So volley, and he's just coming off a final in Eastbourne. Mate, that's, Felix is getting knocked out first round, I reckon. That's tough. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm just starting to develop enough belief in Felix that I think he'll get through I it, hope but I so. think it will be deep. I think it'll be like a five-setter. I hope Felix wins, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I, I picked Fritz to beat Felix in the in the fourth. Fritz beat Cressy in the final today. Yeah. And uh, I feel like his game is super well-suited, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really nice seeing Cressy on grass where it's where it's where where it belongs, you know? Good. <laughs> where he belongs <laughs> right yeah 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 i mean that's the thing as much as i'm enjoying the grass it does like it does tend to favor players who i don't always love aesthetically like big serve big forehand you know the the serve bots i mean i i i'm not too worried about isner or or, or opelka making a big run here opelka's form has been dismal i don't know what the hell will happen to him i'm following 
yeah, you know, like her catch uh, was in the semifinals last year, you know, beating yeah. Federer. And yeah, true. He's he's definitely like a a favorite uh, dark horse pick here. I feel like I I wouldn't be totally shocked if he won Wimbledon. He's he will always be. I wouldn't even say a dark horse, just like a gray horse. He's just <laughs> there, sort of. We'll always go deep on the hard or grass, but no one ever really picks him or really like pays any attention and he just ends up in the semis and everyone's like, oh, okay, you're still here. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, he's in Casper Rude's quarter, so I, I don't see anybody like of the seeds there, Tommy Paul, Dimitrov, Nori, Karenia Busta, TFO, Baez, Rude. Like that's her He'll end up in the final and they'll be like, quarter. Having to check his credentials as he's walking on center court. Like, Who's, are you? Oh, oh yeah, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Guess you're playing right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. What was your joke? Uh, he's he's a Best Buy employee. Yeah. yeah he's like yeah. yeah. He's like middle management at, at a tech company or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> IT guy for sure. Yeah. 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 He's got about twenty employees under his belt, but he's runs that team pretty well, I reckon. Knocks <laughs> around tennis on the weekends. Yeah. What a guy. Everybody appreciates working with Hubie. Yeah. Yeah. He takes everyone out for fr- drinks on Friday. Yeah. He'll be there for you when it counts, you know, <laughs> never let you down. Yeah. I think he's going to go back to the semis. At least I haven't talked myself into an alternate future reality. I've got Umber beating Rude in the second round. I feel like that's maybe a little Wishable. bit of wishful thinking, but. No, I reckon you're right. Umber is a good grass court player. He just hasn't had good form in a while, feels like. What else? What's caught your eye? Um, Warinka just can't get a, he's got a bit of a rough entry. You know, he's coming in trying to build up his ranking, trying to get back in it. And the first round, he's got Yannick Sinner. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Give him a break. Give him someone to just ease into it. <laughs> I know. And Andy Murray, who was looking, like he was in really good form. Did he lose to uh, Berrettini? Was that uh, was that the yeah. final? Uh, I think he pulled out during that match. No, I think or he finished the finish match, it? but he was okay. hurt after. Yeah, okay. he had to like take a take the rest of the grass season off afterwards. So not exactly encouraging. But he was like, people were like, "Oh, Andy Murray looks like he might be." You know, I don't know. You listen to the tennis podcast and they're such British homers that they like talk yeah. themselves into the Brits constantly. Um, it's a little much. Yeah. I was thinking that though, he could go deep when he was after his form and these last few tournaments, I was thinking he could be on there, but it's pretty disappointing to see him get injured. Well, Andy Murray's injured. Yeah. It's like an abdominal injury or something. He got injured during the final during Ber- with Berrettini at the one before Queens. Well, he's got James Duckworth. And then probably John Isner. Mm. I think he could get through both of those. I think he could be in the third. He could yeah. find his way through to, to a match with center. Yeah. Um, can we, uh, can we talk about Holger Rune for a minute? Um, oh, he? <laughs> we've, we've given him a lot of time the last couple of, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's a Holger Rune is seated 24th and he's I playing see. Marcos Giron, who I am picking to be Holger Rune. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it, you know, it's it's really nothing personal, Holger. Um, you know, we want we want to keep this factual, 
I feel like we should, like, I never went back and looked at that Instagram post that we got from the guy who threatened to sue us because we we lied about Holgaruna or something. Yeah, what was the lie where he was even referring to? I think it was the general, oh, we were talking about him being homophobic, I think. It was the... I said he he made some homophobic slurs during a match, which is on video and true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there's the whole thing with the Casper Rude in the locker room, that that whole story. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, all we were doing really was just kind of speculating on what kind of person he was based on information we had. We weren't making any out-and-out pronouncements about anything. We weren't, certainly weren't engaging any in any legal proceedings. Yeah, and it's not like we're going to damage Holger Rude's reputation. I mean... <laughs> He's taking care of that, I reckon, himself, yeah. <laughs> well, but okay, I did... Matt, did, did we ever get another response from that guy after I said, thank you for listening? Uh, I'll just check, but... Um, yeah, do you, do you want to read the post? I, I thought, I just thought it was hilarious. I was like... Well, because and 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 I was weirdly delighted because I felt like somebody listened. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it's a pretty good response. Thanks for listening. I like that. <laughs> In retrospect, I should have been like, Holger, it's going to be okay if you'd like to come on the pod, because who would do that on behalf of Holger Rune? Oh yeah, I know. It it is possible that this is actually Holger Rune's like soft puppet account. Um. <laughs> what did you write in the description about him? Because I'm not even still convinced that they listened to it or that they just saw the description. And there was almost nothing in the description. The description was huh. something like, I just mentioned Runa's graduation. And then the album art had Runa with uh, Simona Halep and Moritad Blue at, at the graduation ceremony with the confetti coming down. It's yeah. a really amazing shot. Well, he's... He's... If he gets past Giron, Rossetti or Fritz is defeating him in the third, I reckon. Okay, I found I found uh, Holger Rune's message to us. <laughs> what did he have say? You, have you found it, Matt? No, would you like me to read it? Please read it, David. Okay, all right. One World 20211 says, We have your facts wrong here, guys. I'm Rune and Rune. So it was, it was about that match, apparently, and not about the homophobia. Your personal opinion is one thing, but getting facts right is crucial for your futures, unless you want to be the Wires podcast. This is injurious that could have fatal consequences for you in terms of lawsuits. Just in advice, spreading false rumors is not legal, even though you presumed it was the truth. You have an obligation to get your facts right before we broadcast. You are welcome to contact me in terms of legal advice. Oh, maybe we should. <laughs> maybe funny. we should. Yeah. We could get him on the podcast, and he could like we could do this sort of on-air legal um, advice session. And just to that Hogger Runa burn account, if you're listening, Hogger. The, we were just telling us, saying what Casper Rude said. He said what happened in the locker room, and we were just repeating direct from Casper Rude's own account of what happened there. So take it up with Casper, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in any fatal consequences for 
I, and it's assuming as well that there's the death penalty for libel as well. The death penalty? Well, oh, fatal, the fatal, fatal consequences? consequences for... <laughs> I wasn't interpreting that as a, as a threat on my life. I, I thought he meant like he would ruin our business. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I did, you know, I did find myself after that wondering like, yeah, did, did we say something that was clearly false? Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to spread falsehoods. Like no. I do think it's important to get it right, even though our audience is tiny and you know, like we're we're often just kind of joking around and you know, I. But our opinions are our opinions. Like we can say whatever the heck we want. You know, you can Alex say "fuck you, Runa," and that's okay. That's just like you're feel you're expressing your feelings, you know? So I, I really feel like we're in the clear here, guys. And you know, if we need if we need a lawyer, uh, you know, yeah. we'll find somebody. <laughs> I mean there are some lines like we can't there's no hate speech. That would be wrong, you know, there can't be anything like that. But um but I think we're we're pretty we're pretty fair. I think we're pretty nice people and we've done all right so far. Yeah, I think so too. Preparing for this episode, I was like really considering how much I wanted to, you know, make fun of Ryan Penniston's name. I mean, it's uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've been having some good puns with that one. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to go long there, but is that who we want to be? I couldn't stay up for his matches. They were too late in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hard watch for me, personally. <laughs> but he went deep in some of the tournaments. He really did. Yeah. No, he's he's looking pretty pretty sturdy. Pretty stiff. <laughs> stiff competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's childish, but I cannot look at the screen and see his name in a draw and not chuckle. I mean, it's it's just it, his name is Penis Town. You know, I, I, like if you pronounce it, if you pronounce it Peniston, you know, I mean, that's such a British way of of saying that particular sequence of letters. But it feels like it should have been changed at some point, like you know, and back in the history of his family, you know, to like P E N N Y S or something. I don't know. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, he looks like he's a player. I don't know. Is he, how old? Do you guys know how old he is? Let's um do a little research on on the fly his. research. Ryan Peniston. Um, <laughs> so he was born in South End, United Kingdom. Um, he's aged twenty six. Twenty six. Huh? So he's not. He's not that young. And he's left. He's left handed. So. He, <laughs> He's not, he hasn't had much of a career. His highest ranking in singles is right now at the age of 26 of 147. And um, he's only ever been to the first round of the Grand Slam. That was Wimbledon last year, presumably as a wild card. Well, he has Henry Laxanen in the first round. And I don't know. I mean, Laxanen's an old pro, but... That seems like a potentially winnable match, and then he would he would get Dimitrov in all likelihood. Um, oh, mm. but he could get Stevie Johnson, which would actually be a Johnson versus P- Peniston would be pretty fun. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
I may revisit this section later. Yeah. <laughs> Something to uh, to note about Peniston is that when he was a child, he survived a form of soft tissue cancer um, and he had to have chemotherapy and it slowed his growth and he was much smaller than his classmates until he was 16 years old. Huh. But, but then he grew to be six foot tall. Wow. Interesting story. He's a survivor. Yeah. 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 Good for him. Well, I, I hope he wins a match. I think that would be terrific. I'd like to, I'd like to see more of them. Um, I don't know that I'm going to tune in for Peniston Laxanen in the first round. Um, but maybe I'll catch the highlights. So, uh, well, before we go to the women, who's, who's winning? Matt said Berrettini. No, I, Alex, taking... said Alex said Berrettini. I'm uh, sorry. Alex said Berrettini. Matt, who have you got? Um, I think it would be funny to see Kyrgios go deep. Um, but who have I got? Yeah, he's got a tough road though. Yeah, he's got um, Sitsipas in the third round, potentially. Like, if Kyrgios had Rafa's draw, I would pick him to go to the semis. But he could face Sitsipas, Batista Agu, Berrettini. It's uh, it's not going to be easy for him. I mean, Sitsipas not a, not necessarily a grass threat historically, but RBA certainly is. He's been a semifinalist. Berrettini. Yeah, as as we've discussed, I think I think he's going to the final, but I think he'll lose to Djokovic again. RBA had to move his box party that time we got to the semis. Remember, he had Berrettini in his box party. No, no, no. When he went to the semis, the other the oh year right, his ago. box party. Yeah, right. Yeah, he had to yeah. move his box party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs to uh, uh, be getting married again for him mm. to have a run like that. Um, <laughs> We shall see. So you think Kyrgios is going to win, Matt? That's what I heard. Yes. I think okay. that Nick Kyrgios will win Wimbledon 2022. Right. Well, if we were doing a competition and there was some kind of point system, you would almost certainly get more points for picking Nick Kyrgios. So I appreciate the boldness. I'm hoping I'm hoping this P. Jub, whoever that is, the wild card, beats Kyrgios in the first round. I think is it <laughs> Paul Jub, is it? Paul Jub. Jub. <laughs> it's like a guy they, they found, you know, at the pub, right? P. Jub? Yeah, it is Paul Jub. He's 22 years old and he was born in York. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that all tracks. Um, I just think, yeah, I, I, Curious obviously has the skill to go deep in Wimbledon. I just, at some point, he will start to lose his mind. And so it's just a question of like, Who's going to get under his skin, and at what point? Yeah, and I think it, I think Steph could be that person. I was also thinking like this is sort of a terrible draw for Steph. Like Curious is clearly a better grass quarter, but Steph, even though he's got this terrible habit right now of kind of having trouble closing out sets and matches, like he will stay in it, you know, and he will he'll scrap. He's mm. he's not going to go away, and I think he'll he'll start to irritate Nick and get through that match. But we'll see if it even happens. Far from a foregone conclusion. So let's go to the ladies. The ladies' singles. It is actually called the ladies' singles. We're not just using that word. Yeah, we should call it the gentlemen's singles as well. I mean, which is also fairly silly, but less uh, 
infantilizing, I guess. Yeah, the fir- the first thing that jumped out at me looking at the the women's side of the draw is that Annette Contevate is the two seed. And now Contevate had an amazing back half of the year last year, was at the WTA finals, you know, made it to the championship match. But she hasn't won anything this year. And I was like, how is she number, like she's actually number three in the world. I think number two must be, uh, what's her name? The Belarusian. Um, Sabalenka. Sabalenka. So Sabalenka is not playing. So Contevate is number two. And I was like, has Contevate ever had a run here? Like how's her grass form historically? Um, She's never been past the fourth round of a major, which is pretty amazing for a, a third ranked woman's player on tour right now. She hasn't been past the third round for majors. Is that what you just said? Fourth round. Fourth round. Yeah. Um, do you know who I've got winning the women's? You don't have Serena Williams winning it, do you? Or in the final, final. I've got, I reckon in the final, I'm going to call it. Okay, call it. Let's get right to it. Ego? Yeah. On one side and on the other side, Beatrice Haddad Maya. Ah, yes. Been playing well. She's going to win it. I'm calling it. Going with the deep cut. Yeah. Wait, you think, you'd think Haddad Maya is going to win Wimbledon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling rather conservative here with my picks. I just had to, that's why I wanted to jump in because I just feel like we need to talk about her. Yeah. Well, to tell gonna... us about her results recently, because I know she's been having them, but uh, I'm not she's like been having them. Yeah. I'm not like immediately like, oh, yeah, she won Eastbourne or whatever. What did she win? So Eastbourne, she was in the final and uh, Petra Kabitova beat her. Um, seven six six four and then just before that in birmingham she won uh but that was a walkover but she was ahead at, as the walkover happened she was up a break in first set uh and then before that in nottingham she won against allison risk in three sets so that's three back-to-back grass tournaments where she won two finals and in the third one she lost in the semis uh she seems like a grass court specialist and she's in form and i reckon she's going real deep yeah all right yeah she's shot up the rankings she's she's definitely the new kid on the block um she's 26 though and she's seated now oh yeah yes she's she's all she's older but she hasn't she hasn't ever been she hasn't ever had a ranking like this before has she no i don't know what her ranking is right now well, she's seated. She's um, she's huh, yeah. gone up into the. With these recent results that have propelled her up the ranking. She's like something with a bullet. She's the twenty three seed, and she's ranked twenty eighth in the world. So, um, yeah, interesting. She lost to well, first of all, and she's also lefty, and she lost to Petra Kvitova, another lefty who has won Wimbledon. She beat Maria Sakkari. Yeah. She beat Ali Risk, who's always dangerous on grass. She beat Kvitova, actually, as well as losing to her. Camilla Georgie, Simona Halep. What do you guys make of Halep's draw? Because she, I think, is in a lot of trouble. She got drawn against Karolina Mukova, who was a two-time quarterfinalist. And Halep had to withdraw from her match against uh, Andreescu that was scheduled uh, to be a semifinal yesterday at Bad Homburg. Mm. <laughs> 
bad humbug. I love bad humbug. I think if she gets past Mukova, she could have at least a few rounds, but Mukova's tricky. She could easily lose to Mukova, I reckon. Yeah, especially with this sudden, like, pullout. Apparently she, like, tweaked her neck or something, so doesn't sound particularly serious, but that's that's one of those where I was like, all right, I got to check the results. Like, how's Mukova doing? Look, I, I'm not actually sure. I think she, she played okay at the French, and I think she's had good results at the French, too. She's always injured. She's always injured. So she got beat in the round of 32, and that was the only grass court <laughs> tournament she's played. So she got beat in the first round of the only grass tournament she's played this season. Sounds like it, yeah. I think she'll be, I think Halep's going to be fine. You think she's going to be fine? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to regret picking against her if I do. Might might be changing my draw. No, no, she didn't, she didn't lose in the first round. She won three matches. She lost, she had a walkover in the semifinal against Andreescu. Uh, so she, so she beat Siniakova, Zidansic, and Anisimova. You're talking about Halep now. We were talking about Mukova. Oh, you're still talking. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, Halep, uh, yeah, yeah Halep just crushed Anisimova, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is actually pretty, a pretty interesting result there. But shame Andreescu didn't get to play Halep. That would have been great. And mm, starting to feel good ish about Bianca again. I watched that whole match today, the final against uh caroline garcia who's mm. a good grass court player i still like andreescu really should have won that match like kind of you know missed some easy shots and mm. and uh blew her opportunity she was up a break i think in both the second and third sets but just to be able to to get to a final again is impressive and i don't think she's ever had any real grass history so she's stayed healthy that's the other thing you know with her it's like she just needs to be able to build that form yeah. and momentum and we'll see speaking of players with romanian descent mm. Raducanu. yeah i knew where you were going yeah well she yeah. and andy murray were both like like out for the last few weeks because of injury right so uh, the brits are all you know worked up about it did you did you see that radu somebody some dude wrote a book about raducanu in in the uk what's a book yeah there's Settle a book down. about Radic- I, I seriously right it's like <laughs> i don't know i mean did did anybody write a book about andreescu in canada i mean she's the first canadian to ever win a slam and i mean she That's was a big insane. deal she won sports person of the year in canada but like great britain i mean yeah seriously relax guys it's yeah it's a little embarrassing at this point oh she's a kid she's yeah you know she pulled out of her practice with um, Muguruza, I think it was the other day, and people started to send like a buzz around the Twitter that oh no, she's going to pull out of Wimbledon. Like everyone was just it's like, come on, just just take a breather, take a breather here, and just like this is see how she goes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, I feel bad for her. That that kind of attention. Mm. I mean, it just cannot mm. be. It can't be helping. She's got Alison van Utvank in the first round. I was actually paying attention to van Utvank's partner, Greet Minnen, because Greet Minnen had a draw against somebody. I was trying to talk myself into Great Minnen beating Garbinia Muguruza, like another top-seeded player who I trust zero <laughs> at yeah, this point in time. She's yeah. had a bad run. She had a good run at the end, the end of last year, but since then she's just fallen off a cliff. It's weird. Yeah, it's wild. Like, But, you know, players like her and Kerber and, you know, um, it, it just, 
I mean, they're multiple Grand Slam champions, so you can't really totally talk yourself out of them. But yeah, the form has been bad. I don't know what Angie Kerber's been up to, but she's somehow still the 15 seed. And mm. I don't if know. If you like, I will read Emma Raducanu's biography and report back to the podcast. You're willing to, to take that on yourself? Yeah. Is that desirable? I think I think maybe we could learn something. Oh, I I welcome the uh, the research, uh, you know, and the uh, the pursuit of all things, all media tennis related. Yeah, I think it would be great. I just I just feel like it's probably not a good read. Probably not. Yeah. Well, but it'll be interesting. Maybe you'll learn some things about her that we don't already know. Maybe you'll get a better picture of her as a well-rounded person. You know, like we, we were kind of, we were all taken with the whole wall street, you know, I wish I could work in finance kind of attitude that we discovered during last year's U S open, which, you know, also like as much as we might make fun of it, I'm like, she's a kid. She doesn't really know who she, Hey, how could she know who she is yet? She's 18 years old, yeah. 19. Yeah. It's called Emma Raducanu when tennis came home which is a lot of pressure. It's like football coming home, England winning the World Cup, um, having a, a British champion for tennis. Yeah, well, they had Andy Murray. Yeah. Wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it seems kind of concocted, doesn't it? Yeah. She just, yeah. She moves, she moves units, you know, she, she like yeah. gets the attention and, uh, who's it? One of the guests on the tennis podcast, Simon Briggs, who is not my favorite, but it's, he's sort of interesting because he is that beat writer for the guardian. Like he's the guy who writes to, he covers UK tennis. So he's given assignments to like yeah. cover certain stories. And they're just like, it's just all Rodu kind of, that's, that's just like the number, <laughs> that's what leads. That's the only thing they care about. It's Yeah. Little much. I was just looking up the author of the Emma Raducanu book. It's Mike Dixon, who um, is uh, a sports writer and the Daily Mail's tennis correspondent. So the Mail isn't known for its literary prowess. It's more of a. Um, isn't it? It's more of like a tabloid kind of mag, um, newspaper. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. 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 So, so let's not expect too much. You're in for a treat, Matt. <laughs> you can uh, put it, you can put it on the tennis tragic credit card. Why did <laughs> I, <laughs> just, why just did I agree to read this? I'm already Don't, don't let back. Holger Runa's lawyers know that we have a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so so Alex already gave us his deep cut pick. How did Maya? Who you know? I haven't really even filled out that part of the draw yet, so I might I might just steal that. I mean, it's definitely not going to be a net contivate down there, or Martina Martina Trevisan. So she um, is number two, by the way, and it contivate. Um, contivate is two. Sakari's in her quarter. It's a pretty open quarter, to be honest. I mean, like Sakari for all of the like. <laughs> meltdowns lately like i could see her going on a bit of a run here given given who's kind of in her section 
I'm going to go with the wild card, Yuriko Miyazaki. What to win? You kind of, you're, you're, you're pretty into Japanese players in general, aren't you? You're... Yeah, but she's British actually with the Japanese name. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's a little That's bit of a, she, of a wrinkle. She got the wild card. To win, look, I go with my heart and not with my head. So Miyazaki versus, um, will Coco Goff do well, do you reckon? She's got, um, she could. she could, she's got Elena Gabriella Rusa from Romania in the first round. She's got to get past potentially Anderson Hopper though. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Pliskova maybe. Oh, well, Ser I actually think yeah, Serena, I well, <laughs> Serena Pliskova hasn't been good. So I, I just, I don't know if Serena's really got enough in the tank. Um, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, at times she looked brilliant playing with Ons. By the way, that, that when Ons and Serena played their second doubles match, it was against Ayoyama and Chan yeah. from, uh, Taipei. And they were uh, also a delightful pairing. Like it's sort of like Isner man, you know, like when John Isner and Diego Schwartzman pair up and there's like a foot and a half difference in height. <laughs> Yeah, because Aoyama is so short. <laughs> is there man fucking rules? Let me just tell you, if those guys went on tour through their 40s together, I would be super into doubles. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, no, I, I love Aoyama. She, she normally, I think she must have had a split with Ena Shibahara recently. Because Ena Shibahara is quite tall as well. And they were a pair, but they've gone their separate ways, it seems. And they, they're playing separately. Mm. Love a doubles breakup. Love a doubles yeah. breakup and a doubles reunion, you know, like Caroline mm. Garcia and Ladenovich. They had a kind of a famous breakup a few years ago. It was, you know, pretty catty stuff. And then oh, really? got back together and won the French. Oh, fantastic. I didn't know they ever broke up, but I'm glad to yeah. hear that it's all as well. And um, Krajikova and Siniakova haven't been playing together um, for a while, but they're back uh. together as uh, one of the top seeds for, um, this Wimbledon. Yeah, that, that I could see working out. I, I assume that's probably just because Kujikova has been injured and. Right. And more concentrating on singles. Well, yeah, but even, I mean, she never really, she never abandoned the doubles. Like even as she was having these runs and, and as a singles player, she seems to have like kept up the, the doubles relationship and mm. was entering those events. I think it's just the last, I don't know, it's gotta be like nine months now or so that she's been kind of, kind of out of it. Yeah. Um, battling injuries. Yeah. Okay. So Serena Williams, I could beat Pliskova. We can't count her out, but Coco Goff and Pliskova down in that fourth round. And I'm also looking forward to, um, Krajikova and Schwantek in the fourth round. Hmm. Yeah, I have Galyevich getting there. Oh yeah, Galyevich. Shriantek's Shriantek's draw is not looking too scary. Potentially, I don't know, Andreescu, Pagula. I just don't believe Muguruza could do it. Um, no. Shelby Rogers. What about Ange Chabert? I'm saying in the in the uh, quarterfinal. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, right. What about Ange Chabert? Like, could she win Wimbledon? I, I certainly think she could. I'm a little nervous about that injury, though. Mm. She would have to play like she's not a huge she's not a huge 
power play. She doesn't have a huge serve. She'd have to play lights out to win Wimbledon. Yeah, but I think it's like the it's the court craft and the slice. The slice, that, you know. Yeah, yeah. She could use to her advantage. Um, Why Berrettini goes so well on grass? True. Yeah, we just we haven't seen. Is it's the classic grass problem? We haven't seen enough. Yeah, I think. And also, I think with Ons in general, she hasn't really broken through and won a lot of major events. I guess she she did win her first uh, thousand level this year, right? Was that Madrid? Or Rome, Madrid, I think. Which she's certainly been playing well enough to make to go up to number three in the world. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, her her results are consistently good, and that's why that that French Open first round exit was so disappointing. But her draw also does seem relatively comfortable. She could end up with Kanepi in the third. Classic. Draw buster. Mm. Yeah. Kaya Kanepi. Yeah. So that could be a tough one, but I think if she can get through there. She's got Danielle Collins maybe in the quarters. Yeah, or Allie Risk. I I think I, I don't think Danielle Collins has had great results of late and Risk on grass has always been pretty dangerous. I'm not sure who else in that section. Kerber on in the fourth round. Could be Kerber. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of opening in the yeah. in the women's draw. I mean, as as often is the case. I mean, Fiontek, you know, has has just been so dominant, but the fall off is dramatic, right? So there's only a handful of players that you know you would really like, not be surprised to to see them in a like a semifinal at least. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to pick against Shviantek. I haven't worked my way through the draw yet, but maybe I'll. I would like to pick somebody other than Shviantek, just because I feel like it's boring. Like, well, of course she won yeah. every match as for long as I can remember in my life. Iga Shviantek has won everything, <laughs> so it's time. I, I don't know if it's possible for her to lose. You know, this is this is kind of the situation we find ourselves in. It's time for Hadad Maya. Hot Admire. I love it, Al. Thank you for that that hot tip. I think uh, tragic fans can can get on the Hot Admire bus. All right. So Alex is picking Hot Admire versus Swantek in the final. I'm gonna yeah. like. I'm not gonna go with Miyazaki after all. I'm gonna go with Onjubur <laughs> versus Krajikova in the final. It's the final that I would like to see. It's not necessarily mm. um, what I think intellectually would actually happen, but that's that's what I'd like to see. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I I think Iga Swiatek is going to win the title. Oh, sorry, that's boring. <laughs> Who do I want to see win the title? Yeah, like, I think that's the more interesting question, actually. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it doesn't get asked enough because you know, like, whenever you look up predictions, of course they're relatively predictable. <laughs> you know, like people yeah. like. You're not going to, especially before the tournament begins, like who's likely to win seven matches really? You know, who's quote yeah, unquote the in the best player mix? in the world? That's who. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. To, like going, like going outside the top 10 even is like a pretty bold move. Yeah. Uh, if you're really trying to pick the winner and you care about being right, like if something was on the line, you know? Um, so, but you know, but then on the other side, I guess if it's like, who would I like to see, you know, it's, uh. That's a totally different question, but also kind of can get repeatable, right? Like, or repetitive. Um, like, of course, I want to see Tsitsipas win Wimbledon. Why wouldn't I? But that's, you know, 
would that actually be the most interesting outcome? Mm. I'm not sure. I, I have to kind of reflect on it. I mean, I would also be delighted to see Serena in a final at this point. You know, I think that would be a great story. I would like that as well. That would be an incredible story. Man, for all my scribblings, I still don't don't really have a sense. I would like to see Ons Jabir make a final. I think I do feel strongly enough about that on on her half of the draw. And then on the other side, well, on Serena would be an incredible story. That's it, that's it would be, for. It would be on Serena in single. On Serena, or is it Serena's? Alex, break the tie. I think they've actually they they have a team name and they go with it. I think it's, it is on Serena. Yeah. I think they, Damn. They use that on Twitter <laughs> and stuff. I think. Yeah. Okay. I like Serena's, but. Serenons is cool. Yeah. Serenons. I like um, that. Just picking yeah. who you would like to, I would love it if Dan Evans won. <laughs> the scrappy hood rat. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked much about him lately. That would be, British, right, that would be a great story. British guy comes out of nowhere, he's got mind. the slices, he's got the low slices and the, you know, the traditional sort of all-court grass game. If he just came out of nowhere and cleaned up, that'd be fun. Is he seated? 28, I think. Okay. All right. So he's... I I, I will admit to... I'd be pretty amused if uh, Tim von Riethoven continued his his streak against top players and uh, got past Novak Djokovic in the fourth. You guys see this dude? Yeah, he came from nowhere and won oh, yeah, that guy. a final against Medvedev on grass. But smashed him as well. He smashed him. And I it why I watched that match and it felt like Medvedev was not putting forth his best effort, but I don't know why he wouldn't have tried because mm. he's not gonna play Wimbledon. He might as well be trying to yeah. get the points and the money, right? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and in, like this is a guy who had no, you know, uh, basically had no results coming in. You know, it's not like a guy who's like, oh, he's winning challengers, he's ready to break through. No, he's like just... a total out of nowhere. Yeah, kind of dude. So, um, but he's, you know, he's kind of just like, uh, he's. There's not a lot to speak of there. He's like a middle of the road, like, you know, Dutch. I think he's blonde. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about his game. <laughs> we think uh, he's blonde. He's Dutch. He, he still needed a wild card to get into Wimbledon, uh, but I think they gave it to him because of his... That's a good uh, wild card. That's a good wild card. Oh. That is a good wild card. If you beat Daniil yeah. Medvedev in a final on grass in that same season, you should be going to Wimbledon and not yeah. playing qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should work. Guys, I have a couple tennis matches at one, and I'm oh. gonna have to wrap it up and get moving. All a right, good reason? Go play, play winning tennis today, Al. Yeah, thanks. I'll try. It's annoyingly against the guy I play often, and this time it's for ranking points. But it's like I wish it was against one of the other people in the little comp that I didn't know at all. So uh, yeah. Anyway, it'd be good. It's pros and cons, you know. You know, I know this guy so well, but he's also quite good. <laughs> yep. 
anyway. Well, good luck. Be good. Be fun. Don't let your Thanks. personal feelings get in the way. Just go out there and fucking crush that guy. <laughs> you can have a beer afterwards, but put your game face yeah. on. Good luck, Al. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I will. <laughs> All right. Good to talk. All right, Al. See ya. Have a good one, man. We've gone pretty long. Is there anything else you would like to share, Matt, before we go? Oh, just, we, I just thought we should discuss Elena Ostapenko's dress. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's bring it up on the, on the big screen. So it's kind of like, do you have David Jones department stores in, you probably don't. I don't know. Uh, no, I, we don't, but. There's no other store like David Jones. It's a, it's a department store in the city. And they have this kind of hound's tooth black and white. Well, they used to anyway. Uh, logo stylings. And it's like, it's got that. It's got the black and white hound's tooth. And it's got, it's Adidas. And it's classic. It's good. Is that hound's tooth? I, I don't think that's quite hound's tooth. It's not quite hound's tooth. But it's close to houndstooth. Let's research what houndstooth actually is. It's it's not uh, it's not Adidas or Adidas as we call it in the states. Um, yeah. So see, like the the grass version has this like lime green striping, which is just even more hideous. It's really amazing. It um, is Adidas. Though. I don't think it is. I think she's sponsored by. A, well, like her hat is Adidas, but she's not actually uh, wearing Adidas. And you're right. It's, it's classic. That is houndstooth. Classic. To the letter. I remember looking this up after the French. Like she's wearing something else. Like she's. No, it might be a designer, but it's definitely partnered with Adidas because I'm seeing. Oh no, maybe that's a crown, not Adidas. She's seen wearing apparel by Bulgarian brand Pyronetic. I'm sort of not surprised that it's a Bulgarian brand. Why aren't you? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that the style capital of uh, Europe. <laughs> I can't. Unfortunately, I can't read Bulgarian, so I can't navigate the Pyronetic website. Um, there are so many versions of this. Colorful, frilled shoulders, tank top with pink and green and black, and depending on the version, there's even a yellow and pink and blue one. All the uh, Instagram pyronetic shots are like these slim models wearing like yoga pants and showing off yoga glutes, if you know what I mean. Right. I think this, the artwork should be all you and us to take over with the many versions. In every square, it's like a different version of it. Paranetic. <laughs> so, uh, well, tell me how you feel about it. Like, uh, perhaps we should, why don't we describe it in greater detail first? So I just, the, the version I'm seeing from the French Open, she's wearing, so it's like a pink dress with black stripe. Now the top, the top part of the dress is split like a one side is like fully black it's divided by a pink stripe but then the other side is like houndstooth then further subdivided by another pink stripe and then she has frilly shoulder extensions i don't know what you would call those they're not shoulder pads but yeah they're they're, they're um 
shoulder extended piping on the shoulders in frills. Well, it's not really no, it's yeah. not piping. It's a yeah, it's it's a frill. It's frilly sh- shoulders in pink. Frilly shoulders in pink, and yes, and so there's these variants that we're seeing now on the grass. We're seeing her like wearing a purple skirt or uh, like a, a variant with green striping and frills the frills are green as well and there's a variant with yellow frills and they all fit that same description which you just said which is the there's one color block on the left shoulder and on the right shoulder it's an and chest, it's houndstooth with a strike, breaking it up. Do you see the uh, my screen share? Oh, you like this? Yeah, I see it. I like this photo. It's actually a very she's driving a Porsche. Attractive photo. Yeah, she's she's driving a Porsche. She's got this gray kind of mink fur collar kind of situation going on there. I'm assuming it's fake fur. Probably. I mean, real fur, you know, you get like a, a rash or something. Right, so here's here's the grass court version with the, with the green. It's not it's not like a grass green. It's like a lime, you know, like a lime yellowish green, like probably a kind of approaching tennis yellow. Yeah, and it's like, it reminds me of the early 90s. Um, like something my sisters might have been forced to wear and they would have had matching versions and they would have like been made to wear these for a family photo or something like that. Frills, because you're a girl, so you wear frills on your shoulders and these yeah, right. stupid 90s colours. Pink. Yeah, I remember, I remember during the French, like first catching her with Molly and we were both sort of in shock with what we were what we were observing I mean it, it was it's hard not to feel like a little bit of a, like almost revulsion um, it's it's and then I was like okay like I, I I'm not I'm gonna try to be open-minded here Molly wasn't having any of it she's like that, that shit's just ugly um, and I was like no I mean this is a really bold state like, mm. this is this is going against the grain and Molly was like, "This isn't. This isn't actually as much of a bold statement as you think it is. This is, this is a style, and it's just not a very like, you know, subjectively good style." Um, it's in her opinion. So. No, it's, wow. It really is like someone say we're in a play or a film, right? And some kind of comic relief, the tennis player hero gets uh, a designer to design their next outfit. And this is what the designer brings out. And and everyone is shocked. And it's, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a low point for the character where they, where they have to go out and wear this, um, and everybody laughs at them. Yeah, right. But the thing is, like, when I think about it being bold and I think about her personality on court, 
I sort of think it suits her. Like, I think she's not a player I enjoy watching personally. It's just my personal taste. But she she has this kind of like nastiness to her to her to her game like to her like her competitiveness she's really in your face she will let you know how she feels she's like a, she's a, one of the all-time greats at the no look handshake at net like she's not she doesn't show respect to her opponents she doesn't show respect to the fashion world she's gonna <laughs> wear what the fuck she wants to wear and kick your ass and i i think that's i mean i don't know if it's cool but it's it just all fits to me. Like, it's all part of the Yelena Ostenko aesthetic. Right. Right. It, yeah, it is It's something else. The, I, I, I agree with that summation of um, what, what your perceptions of Ostenko. She does have a bit of a reputation, I guess, for, as far as I can see, for being a little uh, disrespectful. Yeah, she's not, she's not going to win any sports personship awards, and she's not going to win any fashion awards for this outfit. Right, but she did she did win a French Open once, and She'll always she was in a final today, and she lost to Petra Kvitova. So she, she's going to win some more titles in her life. I just can't believe I I cannot believe this outfit. <laughs> It's something you need to wear as a 10-year-old in the early 90s. Yeah, but it, it's interesting that you say you keep bringing up the 90s because to me it feels like it's even like it's even more retro. Like it's like... Early. I'm talking early. It feels... Maybe... Like I think the frilliness, like the frilliness feels like something maybe that maybe an adult would wear in the 50s or something. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. It's like oddly conservative. It's like not, it's not trying to be, you know, sexy in the, I don't know, in the current definition of what's attractive. It's not like designed to kind of cut her figure and make her look a certain way. It's like, yeah, and it looks inappropriate for a tennis court, sort of. Yeah, it does look like it, yeah, like, yeah, you're right, like going to the dance. Maybe something in Greece. Mm. Like that they right. wear in the dance competition. Right. And this is all you could afford, your family could afford because of austerity measures. Right. And so that accounts for this, the seemingly clashy colors, because that's the only material you had to work with. Right. That there is a, there's like a patchwork element, like even just the choice of houndstooth, which is normally kind of like a, you know, stitched pattern. Here it's just like a print, but the, the what it evokes is this kind of like piecemeal assembled, you know, this is the available fabric and therefore we're going to try to make something that that catches the eye. I mean, it, it certainly catches the eye. It certainly catches the eye. <laughs> That's about all I think there is to say on uh, on this. Well, actually, I don't know. Is that all there is to say? Is there anything else to say? Um, oh, that's all there is to say about Yelena Ostenko. And I'm really, I apologize 
to her as well for um, judging her appearance. Yeah, I mean, we're we're judging her outfit and not her physical appearance, right? That's, I think, the distinction we're always trying to kind of to draw. And also, yeah, like I, I I'm not trying to be cruel to her. I, no, I think we, against her personally. No, we do critique tennis fashion on the podcast, and we do it for everybody. Yeah. Let's let's listen to this. Let's see what uh, Spitalina had to say. Uh, 2-5-1-0 what happened? I mean the, the biggest opponent to, my, uh, to me was myself because uh, I played really well until 6-2-5-1 she didn't really do anything she didn't change anything until that score then I started to fight against myself I started to miss some balls but I'm glad I won because I mean my level is way better than her today and I showed it wow yeah. that's that you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta give well, her credit in some ways. Like she's saying that. That's that's bold. That's bold right. to say that at the winning ceremony. It's brash. It's I. I mean, I suppose it's honest. It's incredibly not generous. Nice. It's not graceful. You know, we talk about we talk about grace periodically and how grace has is something that we can find attractive in players. This, giving spirit the the sportsmanship the you know the the elegant movement you know of course we think of Roger Federer in this context but Yelena Ostapenko and is like on the polar end of the spectrum if there's a if there's a gray spectrum she's just on the the other side <laughs> yeah um Wow, I'm I'm shocked. It's not the done thing. You're supposed to say, look, no excuses. Uh, maybe I didn't talk about this tennis bit, but I've got to hand it to who's her opponent? Her opponent? Pushkova. Kvitova. I've got to hand it to my opponent today. She just played better tennis. She just played better tennis. Went batted. Oh, congratulations to her. I'm really happy. Right. Well done to my opponent for kind of staying in the match, asking questions. Yeah, there are ways I need to work on. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Tennis is a mental game as well, and I didn't show the mental fortitude needed, and my opponent did. So kudos to her. Right. Yep. That's a really good diplomatic way of putting it. Like you're still putting it on yourself. Like, it's still kind of like, because if she's saying, like, and she honestly believes that she's better on the court than her opponent, that's one thing. But, but to, yeah, to acknowledge the mental side, that is part of the game. And obviously, she failed to kind of keep it together mentally in that match, based on what she's saying. Okay. All right, Dave. Ostapenko to win Wimbledon. No! Not in that outfit. <laughs> what? Oh, well, she couldn't wear that at Wimbledon anyway. She'd be have to be no, white. right. Plus, maybe That's there's right. an all white version. Now, now we're talking. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting if she rocked up in an all white version of what she's been wearing. Um, I was also thinking about the Adidas outfit that is like somehow still the old, like the main Adidas outfit that you see everywhere. The the like floor runner. Um, yeah, you know, kind of thing. And like, 
it's interesting. It's like y'all, I know you guys screwed it up with like the, the poop shorts, but you know, usually I feel like there's a little bit more change there. I was wondering if there would be a white pattern on a white shirt, Adidas floor runner outfit. Yeah. I guess we'll find out in a couple of days or tomorrow. Will the floor runner appear in all white? Will Ostapenko find an all white version of that terrible Bulgarian designed uh, out frilly outfit um, that is a blight on tennis fashion? We shall see as, as uh, Wimbledon is upon us. Indeed. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. Likewise. I'll leave you to it. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. The Tennis Tragic thanks you for listening. All correspondence and feedback can be directed to tennistragicpod at gmail.com and our Instagram is at tennis tragic pod.